Hello, and welcome to the second episode of our Introspectives in EG podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And for today, I'll be having a conversation with Sabrina regarding her student and staff experiences in higher education. She gets really personal with us, and it's a really interesting and fascinating conversation about some things you might not have thought about regarding higher education. And here it is. what you do in higher education? Um, so currently I'm a graduate intern. So um, I work for an organisation called Hepsi, where I travel around South Yorkshire to various schools and colleges, delivering sessions on higher education. So how to get into higher education, what you do when you're there and how it can prese- progress to better things. Um, and who would you say you are in higher education? I would say as a student, um, I felt like an ordinary student. I didn't really feel out of place. Um, I was aware that I was um, a minority on my course. There was probably 10 other students like me on my course, but I wasn't surprised about that. Um, Being on a film and media degree, um, I know how hard it is for um, minoritized students to kind of um, present those kinds of subjects to their family and be like, oh, this is something that I want to do in higher education. Because stereotypically, um, coming from like a minoritized um, background, your family will want you to do something more academic and something that leads to a good job. And people that I've met, they share the same experiences and they say that they family wanted them to do a more traditional more academic course and when I was choosing what I wanted to do for my degree um my mum was very supportive because she knew I had an interest in film but um especially the older generation in my family and definitely my stepdad asked me why didn't I do something more academic because I got good grades in those kinds of subjects and they thought it was basically a waste me doing film because they didn't see how I could have a successful career in film Mm. and how do they react to uh, your choices now that you've graduated um they're all happy yeah um my auntie and my stepdad can't believe how far I got with it and there was a lot of hurdles along the way and yeah they're proud that I actually managed to stick it through to the end and graduate (laughs) so yeah um, and when you were on your course, do you think there was a different level of support that minor, minoritized students received versus like white students? I would say we all received the same support in terms of what was on offer, but I felt like there could have been support more tailored to us and when I say that in my um, first year of uni I experienced a lot of grief and even though I had um, someone on my course that was um, there to provide support and she did an amazing job and I really do commend her for what she did for me um, if there was someone that um, I could identify with they would understand kind of how to deal with the grief I was going through and um without going into too much detail about it, um, when you're from, like, a minoritised background, you have, like, 
culture has a heavy influence on kind of where you come from and how things are done and um, tackling grief from a cultural perspective there's certain things that you go through in like in terms of like funerals and like the build-up to it there's like a whole cultural thing that process that goes with it so being able to speak to someone about that process would have been beneficial because then they would kind of understand my state of mind knowing that it's not just grief and then the funeral and then more grief there's like a whole step-by-step process and it does take a long time just for all of that to kind of happen and then the fact that I was back and forth from two different cities to kind of deal with it it would have been nice if when I left Wolverhampton and came out the the end in Sheffield that there was someone there that could be that I could relate to on that kind of level and there wasn't I just had to make do with what was on my course Mm. so um so I think you've touched upon like two challenges so grief and then just being a minoritized student um what resources in higher education do you think there needs to be to address those challenges? I think there needs, one, the staff needs to reflect the student population. Um, And when I say that, I don't mean like numbers in terms of, um, because the numbers really do reflect the student population. Um, I feel like the staff need to be reflective of the kind of students that are coming in and out of higher education. So in terms of race and religion, it'd be nice if you could see stuff that would relate to wherever you're coming from. Um, and there's so many different um, issues across the board with different races and religions. And if you're in higher education, it's one thing trying to balance your academics. But then if you've got personal things going on that are conflicting with your um, academics, then having someone that kind of comes from your background and would be able to kind of help you navigate those issues while you're away from home would be um, beneficial because they would have more of an understanding of kind of your upbringing or where you've come from. I know everyone has um, different upbringings, but when you talk to people that are from the same culture as you or from the same religion as you, there are similarities and there are things that you can kind of understand on the same level because you've experienced them in probably different ways but there will be similarities along the way and it is comforting even if it's just one thing you have in common it's one thing more than the next person and it's probably that one thing will kind of trying to find the word kind of gives you motivation to kind of deal with your issues even if it is like a minor thing that you relate to it's still comforting to know that someone kind of understands you right and I think that's probably the main thing um that students kind of struggle with is finding someone that kind of understands yeah like you you have people like I understand how you're feeling and that but it's like but if you don't understand my background or don't kind of understand the challenges that I'm facing, you really don't understand the issue that's going on. Well, yeah, so do you think that minoritized students have to adapt to, like, a certain standard in order to, like, quote-unquote, thrive in higher education? Yeah, because, um, again, relating to support, because, again, um, a lot of it is to do with support. The information is all there, Um but then the support needs to come with it. And um, 
and guidance as well because even though they say higher education is a lot of independent study you do a lot of things by yourself you still need guidance and if the people guiding you don't understand you then they're not really going to guide you the way that you that you want them to and um my support lady again even though she did the most she could when I had conversations with her, there was certain information I just wouldn't share with her because I thought, you you do not know how to deal with this. Mm. And I, it's kind of, it might sound selfish or ignorant that I didn't give her the chance to kind of understand, but the angle that I was coming from or the position I was coming from, I needed her to understand on a cultural level for her to understand yeah, me. And that was never going to yeah. happen. So it was like, there's no point... Um, dishing out all this information on someone and she'd not know how to deal with it. Yeah. And you can just tell from the get-go that she wouldn't be able to understand. And that's not discrediting her. It's just because we come from two different walks of life. Yeah. Well, so I'm um, sort of related to that. What challenges have you faced like as a student and as a AG professional now? I would say as a student, um, the main challenge was that um, the support wasn't there as I needed it to be. They offered as much support as they could and I am grateful for it. But like I said, in terms of having someone like me that I could feel comfortable to talk to, it wasn't there. And I'd say that would have probably have made my uni experience a lot different. Um, there was a lot of hurdles, barriers. I don't even know what to to say in terms of how I actually made it through uni it is a miracle when I look back but I feel like that journey could have been smoother if there was someone that I could be like well I've got this issue going on this is what's going on and to kind of guide me and being in a city so far away from home where I have no family um you automatically um identify with people that are like you and now I'm a graduate intern and um, I have access to kind of staff that I wouldn't have access to mm -hmm. as a student just because I wouldn't have known to look for that person um, because of the departments that they work in. Just being around staff and seeing that there's staff that's like me working in the unit, I feel a lot comfortable and it's e so easy to have conversations with them about different issues and like my upbringing and things. And it is comforting, I think, I've studied at the university for about three years of my life and I never got that. And it's not until I've left university, two years later, decided to go back and pick up a job as a graduate intern that I'm getting access to these kind of people. Yeah. And um, I would say one of my challenges as a graduate intern is that I'm in a position where I'm a role model for students um, across South Yorkshire, not just minoritised students, but students in general. Um, but when I do have contact with the minoritised students, it is rewarding because um, I look at them and I think you're in a city where you do not see a lot of people like you. And that's just because where, where you're placed on the map, we're up north, it's not, um, it's common knowledge that there are few of us up here. Um, so when they see me, it's like, I've been to university, um, I've got a job and uh, I'm living a successful life and this is where you can get to. 
but then when trying to create a positive change and break down the barriers further with these students and make them see the bigger picture and have that kind of one-to-one contact where they can get more information out of me instead of being one amongst 20 and having to kind of sit at the back and just let everyone else dominate the situation um my job doesn't allow me to do that and they're placing barriers for me to be a successful role model to people that actually need it yeah and that just goes to show you how there is a gap in providing relatable role model services to certain students there is because when i was a student um i didn't have a role model like that when i was in secondary education i never had those role models either um the role models i had were either one science teacher one english teacher and the rest were all support or cover supervisors that's how much access i got to um to minoritized staff so coming to higher education i wasn't surprised when it was the same so being in a position where i can be a role model starting from secondary edu- uh, secondary <laughs> education targeting targeting them while they're at that stage and kind of showing them you know what this is how life is going to be these are your resources these who you can contact and someone's actually saying to me um well you can't basically do that yeah. without explicitly saying it mm. it's it's disheartening because when you put so much effort in and you see that everybody else gets looked after and everybody else gets the support you need it's like well i want to be the person that provides support for for my group of people um can you give me the resources or the avenue to do that and it's kind of just i get left to my own devices and they don't give me the access that I need and it's kind of like I'm sitting here just wasting time when I could be doing something more productive yeah so actually you've um, brought a good segue into the next set of questions I want to ask you so inevitably um, without meaning to it always becomes this dichotomy between minoritized students and white student issues even if we don't want to talk about it um, so in terms of working, when you were first going for an interview, can you tell me how you've prepared for an interview um, and what, how much more difficult it is for you versus a white male candidate? Um, I think definitely if I was going up against a male, I would feel self-conscious just from the get-go, just knowing... Uh, it's a white male I would feel like I'd have to try 10 times harder and that's just from how society is and when you look at without being um trying to figure out the right word um without being blunt if you look at the food chain white males at the top and then it gets further and further and further down and being a black female it's kind of like I'm at the bottom in comparison to the white male. So um, as with any interview, I'm always um, aware of how I articulate myself, just how I carry myself. And that's just um, basic interview etiquette. But in the back of my mind, I would still be thinking, okay, this is who I'm going up against. 
any other person I'd feel confident um, about going forward for the interview. But then again, with preparing um, in terms of my appearance, um, especially with my hair, even if I don't think my hair is a mess and on a day-to-day basis, I would go out with how my hair is now for an interview I always make sure that my hair is cut like I go to the barbers and get a fresh (laughs) fresh trim just because I think even um because my hair is really short I don't want the interview to be looking at me thinking oh well your hair your hair's a bit messy because you haven't Mm. had a you haven't had a shave and that's how I feel um self-consciously um earrings um hoops it's like they have to be like really tiny just because I think if they see me with big hoops, it's just going to portray the whole image of, oh, this black female. And it's like when I go for an interview, I don't want you to see me as a black female. I just want you to see me as someone that wants a job. Mm. And it's little things like that. And like when I dress for an interview, it's like I don't want to... um dress as if oh stereotypically like culturally or things like that so um I do have like smart clothes that represent my culture but then I'm thinking I don't want to bring that into the interview just because I don't want you to paint the whole black woman image I just want you to see me as me going for a job and so many people just don't realize how much effort it takes just to get uh, ready for an interview um so just to um, wrap up with the last two questions on a happier note, um, what do you think higher education is doing well? If anything, it doesn't have to, you can say no. You can also mention like what you think needs to change. Okay, I would... I would say what it is doing well is that um, it does give students... One thing I do actually think it does well, actually, is um, it provides students with a platform um, for them to express their views. And um, I can say this from going to the BME Student Conference at the Student Union. Um, That was a great event. It wasn't successful. And the reason why I say it wasn't successful is because the turnout was poor. And I don't know if that was due to how it was advertised, but um, I think students need to take advantage of what's around them because as classified as staff now, I still go in the student union and look at what's going on. And I found the event easily on the student union, booked onto it and went to it. So when I saw that there was such a poor turnout, I thought, okay, students have access to this information. It's just they're not choosing to access this information and make the most of it. And to say that um, students struggle with so many issues in terms of race and equality whilst in higher education, you would think that they would latch onto these events or try and make change or help to make change and when someone has gone out of their way to kind of put on an event and raise issues and kind of figure out how we can create change and the students aren't taking advantage of it um that's really frustrating so i would say that the uni does give us the resources um to kind of force students to voice their opinions but then i feel like unless enough students kind of 
get together and kind of build on it, then no change is actually going to happen. And I think that ties into where there's a failure in universities because students shouldn't have to get together and basically petition or protest their rights as students and say, I'm a minoritized student, this is what we need, you need to provide it with us. The university should look at their structure as a whole and think, okay, we're, these are the students that we've got coming in and out of this building on a regular basis. Um, how are we making their student journey comfortable? How are we targeting their needs? They don't do that. And if they did do that, then the university population would be reflective of their efforts. And going through the uni building, you see, you don't see that. You'll see minoritized students, but again, they're minoritized students for a reason because they make up a small percentage. Mm, yeah, um, that's a good point. In terms of what needs to change, um, so first of all, um, students need to be encouraged to make use of their resources um especially um minoritized students i think if there was a sense of community among them or unity among them then their uni life probably would be a lot easier if they could kind of get together and reflect on issues and kind of build from that so i'd say that from the um students perspective i would say from um staff and the people that um kind of control what's going on i would say that they kind of need to include more diversity in terms of the staff that we have access to um the resources that we have access to and um really pushing different events because I know they leave a lot of it to students and the students union to kind of do them things but kind of making it aware um to everyone on like a bigger scale so kind of people know to kind of make a big deal about everything instead of just letting students kind of take the reins Mm. good point um, and so before we uh, wrap up, do you have any other points that you'd like to share? Um, I think a final point, and this is kind of to address future students or students that are currently studying, to actually make the most of what your course provides, because reflecting on the um attainment gap and i think it's the university of hertfordshire um don't quote me on it because it potentially could be wrong um but i know for the english ma um spec they've included like um a lot of diverse um like literature key text to read um i know that they're looking at um Beyonce and Kendrick Lamar and things like that and they are making it really diverse Um, but then it makes me reflect on my course and um, I didn't take advantage of the freedom that I had freedom of choice on my course so when it came to um, writing essays I could have easily um, got references from uh, literature that reflects my culture I could have used that so easily um, 
I could have used Spike Lee and his influence um, in terms of the film industry and what he's doing for minorities. I could have used that, but I chose not to. And unfortunately, there's courses out there which don't give you the freedom of choice like that. You have a set reading list and you have to stick to that list. We didn't have a set reading list. We had options. And I just went for what I wanted to do where I could have made kind of more of a difference and more of a standpoint uh, by taking advantage of the freedom that I had over to kind of make my um, work reflective of my culture. Yeah, that is a really good final point. And on that note, we will finish. Thanks for your time. You're welcome. All right, and that was our second episode with Sabrina. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. Don't forget to check out Sabrina's article along with Sabia and Serge's articles from the last episode on our website, introspectives.uk. The link will be put in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening to this on, and please follow us on Twitter. More content will be released to you shortly. Thanks and see you next time.